It's the art of uh, perfection around here. Hey, nothing wrong with that. It's the art of perfection. How long have you guys been at it? I've been doing podcasting for about four years, going on five. Um, in terms of working with him, I, it was funny. I started doing interviews more or less. I got the equipment, walked around. I interviewed my dad. He's a business owner. Um, and I'd interview anyone I could. And then I met him at a, an event here and interviewed him here. And then for what, probably two years, I just kept getting my way in here, bartering with him, uh-huh. offering sales calls, helping him film something, just anything I could do in terms of getting in here to interview people. And then fast forward about probably two years. So two years in and at the two year mark, I'd say that's when Josh Dilmagani actually reached out to me. I, I was on track. I interviewed about nine real estate agents and investors. And about the ninth one, Josh messaged me and said, hey, uh, how much are you charging for this? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm just, just what I like to do. This right. is for fun. And um, from there, from that one on, till I think we're going on, this is 24. The rest of them have been more or less, I call them marketing clients. And granted, it's all changed. I've had different editors. Now, why it's officially doing my editing currently, um, but our whole goal in terms of interview is we want to offer you a content that hits really well on social mm-hmm. um, stuff. You could, you could take the videos, run it in an email marketing campaign. You could run it. It's even interesting where we're about to interview another brokerage here in Indy or uh, Mooresville. They're not even going to use the clips for social media or anything like that. It's going to be touch point clips to where say I called high garden or texted or emailed. You're immediately going to get this video from Mark and I. Okay. So it's interesting. That's it's interesting cool. where you can take it. And then, you know, obviously we say are always my philosophy in terms of marketing is, okay, I gave you this content, post the stuff. That's step one. But if you really want to see an ROI for the long-term test out running ads, test out, adding them to your website, there's different things you can do with the, the video itself. But yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's just video content is what we're, and I, I always tell people too is, even in my head, I'm just like, what, what do I do different than another video company? And what I've seen is the, the interview Q&A back and forth allows for a, I don't want to say more in depth, but just a more genuine re- response from someone. Yeah, I, I you think know? It's, it's a lot. I mean, it's edited maybe, but it's also not somewhat, it's, uh, it is more spontaneous. Yeah, and it, it, it's very, I mean, you can have someone come on site, you can have someone film and ask you questions behind the camera, but when you have someone actually talking to you, like right. we're just having a conversation, that and what I've seen allows for a really good, you know, response back and forth. So, but yeah, that's kind of what we have cooking. So the, getting into the real estate part of it, with for you that just kind of happened organically you weren't looking for that to happen so the i always and i'm still in pursuit of wanting to more or less buy property um that was kind of step a and then i'm sales by nature is what i do as well as marketing so i was kind of like well i could you know sell real estate um so I, i was in pursuit of that in terms of the real estate um at one point why i can attest to this i was just thinking Selling real estate was my dream job, which it could potentially be. Um, you don't have your license, though. Correct. Okay. I swear I've been... Why? How long have I been chasing this, this quote-unquote artificial real estate license? It probably hurt my head to even think about how long it's been. Two years? Well, is it even something you're still interested in, or has it changed? It's changed. Okay. It's changed to the point where I understand time and energy, 
And I, you can attest to this. If you're going to do something to go all in on one mm-hmm. thing, um, and to sell real estate isn't just like selling cake on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a full-time gig, a lot of hours, a lot of work to even build up a business, let alone be successful. Um, so to try to think I can do that and this, I'm just kind of going half and half, you know? So my next step would be, hey, get this real estate license in 2023 and just put it in referral mode. Okay. Because I do communicate with a lot of realtors. Yeah. I've done probably five to six interviews with real estate agents. Um, so they are a nice client base of mine. Um, and I seem to, I was able, I think we talked about this on the phone. I was able to get a taste of what it was like when my grandparents put their house up for sale. Um, I was able to help my grandfather, um, cause he has his license. I was okay. able to hire a photographer, um, upload it to Zillow. So I was able to get that, but granted this was when the market was so hot. I mean, we had, I think they sold in like, or had offers in one day. When was it? I mean, this was right in the peak. I want to say a year from now, maybe a year and a half. I mean, when it was, when people were just, a house would list in seconds. It's Oh, yeah. We had... We're getting right back to that, by the way. Is that where we're heading? Well, we're not there yet. We're not at the way... It was at its peak craziness this time last year. Okay. April, March, April, May, and then... Around August, September, things really slowed down. Any seasonally, they would slow down at that time, but then they raised rates quickly, and mm. that really turned off demand for about six months. As rates have kind of moderated back down a little bit, and as we get back into the seasonality of moving towards spring, where there's no homes for sale, inventory mm. is so low that even doesn't matter how much demand there is, there's no homes. So we're going to be right back where we were. We're already seeing multiple offer situations over list. A six hundred thousand dollar house went for six eighty with one of our people the other day. Eight hundred went for eight seventy. One point one went for one point two. Two point one went for two point three million. So I mean, doesn't even matter the price point. We're seeing over list and competitive offers all around Indianapolis. We're not going to see the uh, the O eight crash happen again. No. no. So the difference between that and now, there's so many different things. The two big ones probably, it was at that point, we had a massive surplus of inventory, housing inventory. There was more listings than we needed by a long shot. Plus, that had all the foreclosures all came about because of the subprime lending. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Big Short. On Netflix. It's a great movie. Any, anybody that's in real estate that hasn't watched it should because it does really explain exactly how we got to where we are, which was an absolute crash. Almost all the builders were either devastated out of business or greatly affected to the point that they pulled back. So we've maybe underbuilt by 4 million units in the last decade plus. We have households forming at a rapid formation with uh, millennials turning into peak home buying age. And this is a stat I threw out there when you saw me at that panel the other day, but 48% of 18 to 29 year old Americans live with their parents. Oh, that's interesting. 48%. That's half. Almost. And that's just the kind of pent up demand. I saw another interesting statistic the other day. There's about 350 million people in the United States on average, there's about four to six million homes sold every year. This isn't a number that's completely out of whack, but it does show the pent-up demand. There was a Harris poll, I think that it was, that said 28 million people are looking to 
the idea of purchasing a home in 2023. 28 million. We usually only sell four to six million homes. Oh, wow. So you're looking at just there, it, that number is usually in the right. 15 to 25 million range or something like that. So this isn't a crazy number, but it just shows how much pinup demand there is with rates. And the Fed really did it on purpose. They, in great portion due to housing, they raised rates quickly. Obviously, it's all about trying to tamp down inflation, but housing inflation being the biggest part because there's so much demand and there's so little supply that we're the big crisis is affordability and we can't we can't build homes really fast enough at the way that household people those kids are living at home 18 to 29 year olds they're living at home because they can't afford not to and that's interesting not everybody's paying 250 bucks a month for rent (laughs) (laughs) just fyi no you're you're exactly not even to relate i mean my friends they all tell me they say i just i'm 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 holding i'm waiting yeah the home until well the problem is the prices aren't getting any lower so they're going to keep going up. Their pro- in, Mark, real estate is very hyper-local. So, I mean, it all even within Indianapolis, downtown right now is not as busy. The demand hasn't come back as much as it has in most of the suburbs. But, yeah, throughout the country, definitely in Indianapolis, we have a housing shortage issue that has not gone away. What we just did was lower demand all the way down to the point that it met and maybe even fell below supply. So it kept prices where they were, maybe even retracted slightly, but we're right back where we were as soon as demand comes back up. So the Fed's in a real catch-22 with how to manage the situation with interest rates. Yeah, they, uh, that's, that's definitely a fact. In terms of that, how, how did you get into real estate? Uh, so I have two business partners, Chris Kukulhan and Brian Holly. We worked for a home builder along with uh, Alan Williams, was our fourth partner at the time when we started. We all worked for a home builder named Crossman Communities, a first-time home buyer builder. At the time, I think, uh, before they were sold to Beezer, they were the 12th largest builder in the United States. So a big mm. builder. They competed with C.P. Morgan here locally. We all worked there in the mid to late 90s. Mm. And uh, at the time, we started to see some some agents that were really focusing on selling new homes. And so they were kind of a new breed of realtor that we were just kind of calling new home realtors. They were doing marketing directly to apartment dwellers and to renters and turning them into first time home buyers. And again, going back to the big short, financing was easy. There was down payment programs. I mean, you, you could roll dead into the mortgage. I mean, I could tell you a million stories. And so we saw that that was happening. We were on the builder side and we saw that these realtors that were focusing on selling new were killing it. And we thought, well, you know what? We could do that. We could probably do it better. So we ended up leaving the builder, starting a company called Easy Street Realty. We started that here in Indianapolis in 2000. And then uh, the big business model, I guess, idea that we had is we'll do all the marketing, we'll generate all the leads, the way a builder would generate traffic for a new home salesperson sitting in a model home, we'll generate traffic to our agents. They can take those leads and not be chained to a particular builder's product or development, take them whatever builder neighborhood or homes worked best for those buyers. We were experts in mortgage financing. It was kind of like selling a car. It was really about selling payment. Right. For first-time home buyers, it usually is. Can you get me financed? And at the time, it was pretty easy to do that. And can you keep my payment where you want it to be? And, and we were able to do that and pretty easily. And so that, that's how the company started. And I wonder how important the custom home building 
played for you guys in terms of selling real estate for the future? Yeah, well, and just to clarify, it wasn't custom builders. These were all production builders selling okay. like first-time home buyer products. So at the time, I mean, new homes were being built in a price range of maybe say a hundred to first-time home buyer builders, less than a hundred to maybe two hundred plus, and that most of our sales were in that one to two hundred range. And uh, that's over time, you know. Of course, the prices now for a new home, you know, twenty years some later. We're talking the same price is probably you know two fifty to three. Right. So you guys started in the two thousands, and then I mean, one location, or how did did you just buy a? How did that go? How did that beginning process happen? Yeah, we our office has been near Fashion Mall or Keystone of the Crossing basically since two thousand. We have moved once to a new office space, but so we were really good at generating the leads, mm. driving traffic to our website, sharing those leads with the group helping those people and almost always first time new yeah. home buyers, usually credit challenge. So really our mortgage financing expertise came in super handy. And what happened was we went to, we decided, Hey, this business model really works. The Indianapolis real estate market's pretty vanilla. Mm. Maybe we should try something that's a little bit more exciting. So we researched a few markets and in 2003, we ended up landing on Las Vegas. So you're more than just Indiana. We're in Indianapolis plus 10 other markets today. Wow. Yeah. So, so oh three we went to Vegas, and then it was truly the wild, wild west. At the time, true, the marketing was not sophisticated out there. Like the Indianapolis Star was so much uh, more ahead of the game technologically and just <clears throat> sophistication compared to the Las Vegas Review Journal. That was really interesting. So we were able to kind of leverage our experience here mm -hmm. with how to market at the time because I mean we were talking classified ads. Our our marketing consisted of the new home guide and and stuff that we don't even do at all today and so what happened was we went to vegas it worked out really well and uh, we were still focusing on selling new homes in 04 we opened up in tampa 05 charlotte there was a builder here in in indianapolis cp morgan that was opening up an operation in charlotte so we kind of followed them there and uh, then we opened up one other little office in Minneapolis, and then you know seven oh eight rolled around, and the housing crash happened. Right, and that reset everything. We held on for dear life. Huh. It was like a three to five year holding on for dear life situation because it was really difficult. And what really happened, and what really saved us from you know the fate that a lot of our colleagues had fallen to was the fact that uh, we had started focusing on online lead generation way before everybody else uh, we were doing search engine marketing pay-per-click google adwords and if someone was typing in indianapolis homes for sale or las vegas homes for sale or carmel condos or henderson nevada townhomes they were finding us interesting and so and we were driving that kind of traffic and generating those kind of leads way before what they are today as a dime a dozen right and they were affordable high volume and we were able to keep the lights on and kind of keep rolling until we could kind of get through 2012 2013 when things really started to get better so high garden is a company based off marketing sounds like it was okay. that's that's really kind of the what's changed over the years is how much what our business model really is and how's it changed well, we, well, we went from new and direct marketing to renters where we were focused on selling financing to online lead generation and it and tech. One of my best friends growing up, I've known him since kindergarten. 
He's our director of IT. We kind of dream up what uh, we want our tech platform to do, and he mm. can code it. He's brilliant. Oh, boy. His <laughs> name's Alec Shainer. Thanks, Alec. And uh, <laughs> what we did, what we became really good at was generating and back up here, I guess, a little bit. We needed, with the map, with, mm, let me say it this way, with the volume of leads that we were able to generate, our agents needed a system. system and a platform that was able to manage and prioritize all these opportunities. They were getting literally 50 or 100 leads a month. Woo! I know. How do you manage that? You got to have something in play. Well, we've had our own, basically, lead CRM right. for the last 15 years, and we've been working on it and enhancing it and improving it for 15-plus years. And uh, that's that was the next iteration of really where we went. We kind of went from this new home real estate company to this online lead generation and management company. And the marketing and the lead generation was the business model. Mm. And when we went into Phoenix, and I would say 2013, we opened it up with a gentleman that had been with a Sotheby's outfit. He had focused on high-end real estate in Scottsdale. And that's when we changed the name from Easy Street to High Garden. Okay. He was like, hey, guys. And we were in agreement. Easy Street kind of works for when you're working with first-time home buyers and, and kind of the business model we had before. But I want to focus on higher-end clientele. Hmm. So we came up with the name High Garden. Ah, I see. The High Garden. Oh, okay. And so it was in that High Garden before the TV show came out. It was, it's a place that's never, you never go there, but it's a place that is discussed in a Game of Thrones. Interesting. So let's talk about that crazy CRM system you guys put in play with all these leads. Yeah. If I'm a present day agent and I want to sign on with you guys as my would it be my brokerage, my yeah. listing broker? Your brokerage. What do I see in terms of pros working with you guys? What what does a new agent perceive? Well, you know, and I that was that's the whole thing. So we've kind of changed again. Mm -hmm. We still have the leads, we still generate leads, we still help you manage and prioritize them. We have quite a bit of automated infrastructure in our system that helps keep you and your name and your face and your brand in front of your prospects and clientele. But at this point, when our lead generation used to be the thing and why people came, now it's a thing. It's kind of more instead of just giving you something to eat and giving you a fish to eat, we're going to teach you how to fish. Can you expand on that? Well, for years, our business model was we're going to provide you leads and we're going to drive traffic to our website, our brand, and we're going to turn right around and hand those to you and give you those, you know, a volume of leads, but also take a big cut. And we still do that. But what agents really and the best agents moving away from new licensees or people that haven't proven themselves to be successful they're the ones that need those types of leads internet leads and it's a grind and focusing on people that are grinding and trying to get over the hump is just too much work and and for very little payback in terms of how many people actually are successful so it just makes more business sense for us to focus on people that already have a sphere, already have past clientele, and already kind of have proven that they have some level of success in the business, we're just going to take them from here to here and do the best we can to elevate their business, elevate their brand. They'll make more money for it. We'll have happier agents for it. We'll have better stability for it. In the end, it's just probably a better move. In the last few years, with social media, the way I look at social media, let me tell you how we changed before I come back to that. 
we still provide leads and we still have agents that take advantage of those. But what we're really focusing on is helping agents build their own brand. Mm -hmm. I like to say that we're the brand behind your brand and brand development, brand enhancement, brand marketing. That's a big part of what we're doing now. Social media just makes that so much easier. Correct. I, the way I look at social media, it's kind of like the advent of the personal computer. I mean, <clears throat> all these expensive, you know, big time companies, fortune 500 companies had mainframes and all kinds of computing power, but it wasn't until the PC came home where people had that right in their hands or right at their own desk at home. Social media is like all the big fortune 500 companies having an advertising agency, helping them manage their brand and helping them build their brand with social media for free. You right. can do it yourself, which is insane. It is insane. And people that don't leverage it properly. And by the way, personally, I don't, I need to do better. That's why I'm here. Actually. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, I'm definitely talking about it every day with our agents and how we can help with that. And, you know, that's what yeah. I was from. A, yeah. From afar, from just viewing you guys on social, following Chris, it just marketing, definitely a top tier branding seems very important to high garden, but then your training mm -hmm. seems like you spend so much energy on making sure everyone is on the same page in terms of how to operate effectively as an agent. Well, I mean, how much training do you guys truly do for a first time agent? Every, I, well, and we aren't even focused at this point on hiring new licensees okay. because it's such a tough business to get over the hump on. Exactly. <clears throat> I don't Maybe one or two, if everything's perfect, maybe three out of 10 agents actually are able to make it. Yeah. The financial wherewithal it takes to go six, 12, 24 months without consistent income, mm. the grit, resilience, drive, ambition, feeling comfortable yeah. putting your, are you comfortable being a public figure? Because if you're a real estate agent, you're, you are the brand. You got to right. put yourself out there. I know too many people that are afraid to ask their own family or friends for business <laughs> because they just don't want to be that person, that guy, that guy, that girl. And so you're not a hustler. It's tough. It's going to be, tough. you can do it. And that's why some people would come to us because we have the leads and they're like, yeah, they feel more comfortable selling to someone they don't know because they don't want to be looked at as a, that kind of annoying friend that is trying to get right. them to do business with them. Then don't be an entrepreneur. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. You got to make money to survive. You do. And so, the, and there's the whole thing, you know, there's a whole list of reasons why it doesn't work for new licensees. So we're not really focusing on hiring new licensees. What I like to say is the rule is we're just not going to plan on hiring anybody brand new. Mm. Experience. We'll make an exception to the rule if we look like, if it looks to us like they're exceptional. Okay. And sometimes they are. Right. But honestly, most of the ones that even kind of look exceptional don't all they do but they don't often always make it because it's really a tough racket to get going interesting so what is high garden looking for in terms of just agents are you looking for more leads what are you guys looking for well we're definitely looking to grow with the right people i mean really what outside of helping to build your brand and the leads and the technology those are all things that at this point we look at as given what we don't look at as given is having the right culture mm. what we're looking for what I'm looking for is a group of people that want to work together. There we go. In real estate, most offices, it, I don't know about most. Let's just say some offices can be very cutthroat, top producers, and the best agents don't necessarily want to share and work together. That's great. You guys stay where you are. But if you are looking for a place to work together and to share ideas 
and do more together than you would by yourselves, then then we're the right place because that's what we're not just talking about. We're walking the walk. That's what was my next question in terms of what separates High Garden from other brokerages. It sounds like an actual family of culture. It is culture. Someone, you know, like you mentioned, you're not coming into a place and you feel, oh, is that other agent going to take my lead or take, take, you know, that's a, that's a scary place to be, especially when you're on the same team. You can look at it like it's a zero-sum game. Like, if I give up something, I'm losing. But there's enough business for everybody out there, and there's more than enough business for a group of people that want to share and work together. And if you come up with a great idea, not be afraid to share it, knowing that the person next to you isn't going to be afraid to share back. Right. And from my business partners, our staff, our management, our people, we're going to more than meet you halfway Mm. and we prove that literally every day and you can ask any of our agents and i feel very comfortable that almost all of them would say yes maybe there's a few that would have a quibble here or there but we're not perfect but we damn sure are trying to be and so what's been the hardest part of running this business for you well easily the hardest part is that you're managing and helping and supporting independent contractors who have their own ideas and thoughts and we are looking for people that think alike and and that's helping it's really helping continue to strengthen that culture i'm talking about but it's a tough racket uh it's a tough racket as a brokerage because the margins are very slim it's super competitive to hire the right people you have to offer all the things that they expect and then you have to pay them the way they expect to be paid too We have over 900 agents nationally, so we're able to leverage economies of scale. Locally, we're up 300 plus, nationally 900 plus, and it helps to have those kind of volume, to have the kind of technology infrastructure that we have that helps us leverage across, you know, the country and across a wide variety of agents. So, and to finish off, in terms of 2023, this year, what is going to be your action steps for High Garden to improve on everything you just mentioned? Really, the improvement's going to come by us continuing to hire the right people and bring it's all you know the old adage about you have to put the right people on the bus mm-hmm. and that's that's the goal is to just find those people that are like minded that aren't afraid to share and that will work to be better every day and it's that one percent rule if it, there is going back to the training part. We have training in our office every day from nine to noon. You, anybody can come in and spend time with top producing agents that are there to help. Not other support in this business is huge. Yeah. A lot of agents, people that join us, oftentimes one of the reasons why they do is because they don't feel like they're getting the support they deserve. They have a question. They're asking whoever they're asking a manager, their broker, whoever. Sometimes they're hearing back from them that day. Sometimes the next day. Sometimes not at all. It happens. People are busy. We have people that aren't necessarily always out in the field selling, so they're available to answer questions. And then we have people that are out in the field selling that know what the heck's going on in the market that are willing to share that too. So you have to have enough people to support a big enough group to have the economies of scale to make enough revenue to be able to keep the whole boat afloat because we're in a business that, uh, like I said, the margins are tight. Mm. Drop the mic. Steve Robbins. Hi, Garden. Thank you, Steve, for coming Thank on you. today. Appreciate it, Sam. All right. Let's do it. Hold on. Stay there.